You're listening to The Bud, a podcast bringing you all the conversations about weed worth listening to. Pack a pre-roll and light up. Hi, little buddies. Oh, our buddies. We don't like it. Olivia hates it. We're rebranding. We don't need to name our fans. So today uh, we have a very special guest. All of our guests are special, but today I'm very excited because he's a comedian. You've seen him in movies. Iconic is television. He smokes weed. He's a ally to the cannabis industry, as you will, as you say. And a super funny comedian. Please welcome to the podcast, Daniel, Danny. Do you go? What do you prefer? What do your What do your friends call you? Worst intro. Uh, Either. Daniel. Dan's weird. Yeah, no, Dan's Dan's like old, like, like Mike. Yeah. Dan could be for people. I have cool people. I My sister will never go by Becky. My sister's a Becca. I'm only a Dan if it's like the ashtray is about to fall on the ground. You're like, damn. You know, like when I get, just get it out there. I get like my attention. That. But I'm like more of a Daniel or a Danny fan, basically. Okay, so please welcome Daniel, aka Danny Franzesi. Did I say that right? Yeah. Oh my god, I got oh, it right first try. Right. Okay, wow. okay. Um, first off, wow. <coughs> I mean, do I profess my love for you now? It's creepy, but I, I love you. I adore you. You're so funny. I performed with you on a show last week, and then after the show, we're all sitting around, and I pull out my joints, and he comes out with his little smokes. And I was like, oh, please come on my podcast. And here you are. So thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Well, we always start with the same question here, actually, which is about the first time you ever tried cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was in, I was like, I didn't try anything in high school. Us either. Uh, you know, maybe one time I had like a little tiny uh, a roach puff? And I tr- a puff and I tried to. I was like, no, I was too scared to get in trouble. I'd never even skipped school ever. Like, I was, like, a good boy. And then I went to college, <laughs> like, which is, like, different. Same. And I was able to, like, just, like, you know, and I guess I, there was probably, like, the first time. I've always had it introduced to me as, like, a enlightenment yeah. kind of moment, you know? That's cool. Instead of, like, a party tool. Where did you grow up? Well, it's not a party tool. Huh? What's that? I mean, Where I don't I grew up? Uh, uh, Florida. Okay. I'm born in Brooklyn. I'm Italian from Brooklyn, and we moved to Florida when I was, like, seven. And then I grew up in South Florida. I lived in Boca for four and a half oh, years. So you know what I'm talking about? It's diet New York. I it's, it is. Oh my god, New it York, is. New Jersey, everyone. The kids are kind of southern and like salt life, and then like the parents yeah, it's a weird mixture. Are, I was yeah, born it's a in weird Louisiana. Mixture. It's like a hybrid. So I grew up going yeah. to Florida. Okay. Right. That was your vacation spot. Sure. So like, I, but that's the Panhandle, right? You went to uh, Pensacola. Or? No. Uh, sometimes Destin, Miami, Boca. You know. Okay, all Boca. The spots. Yeah. A lot of those spots are. I feel like are really a lot of. There are a lot of New Yorkers. Yeah, yeah. Florida well, super highly illegal for weed right. there. They hated it up yeah. until recently. And I wasn't like a breaking uh, the law kind of person. Too. Right. right. Neither right. were we. Wolfie's yeah. family is like DA and attorneys and lawyers. And mine, I'm from Louisiana. I guess my parents are pretty cool, but right. I knew I was in Dare. I was terrified of weed the first time I ever saw someone. Oh my god! I smoking. Thought it was I cried. Dry. I told my mom at 14, I, like, I was so like, scared. they were smoking weed in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like thinking about that moment now, like where I'm at. And it's just yeah. so crazy. Because, to think. you know, the answer to for for things that were were to hide it from kids, you know, I knew but someone who was murdered. I knew someone in Louisiana whose brother was murdered buying weed. So I literally thought that you would die. Right. So right. when I got to college, like the first month. Some guys were like, oh, yeah, we have a group project. Let's do this group project. And I was like, okay, I'm here for the group project. Huge bong. And then there was no group project. I mean, there was one. We didn't do it. Well, my parents told me if I smoked weed, I would die. So, and I believed them. I was like, oh, my God. And my all of my friends smoked weed in high school. And they're, they were like, all we want to do is get you high. You would be the most fun high. Everyone always wanted to get me stoned. And I was like, whatever, guys. I would be the same. And uh, and I went to college, and that's when I realized no one has ever died from weed. Your parents just lie to you. I Your know. parents are big fat liars. <laughs> it's kind of like um, when I realized everyone just—it was kind of one of those things. Like, oh, I'm like learning that this isn't a bad thing. That everybody's okay with this. That everyone's parents are okay with this. Did you like, feel better? Did you feel that enlightenment, I did. or did I you felt not like, connect? Oh, this with is it. one of those things like sex that like you discover, and then you're like, oh, I'm an adult now because now I'm in on the joke. Like, oh, Santa, you know, Santa Claus and whatever. And like, right. It was like one of those moments where I was like, oh. That was a that one took a long time to figure out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. Kind of thing. But my first time I smoked, I smoked at a party and then I went and had I went to this place with my friends 
a cafe and I had a brownie with ice cream on it. And I was like in it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just was like, this is so good. Like, I talked about that brownie for like 24 hours a day for like a week. So my friends were like, where did you go? Like, we're going to go. Like, we're going to go tonight. You know? And I was like, oh, my God, we have to. It was like this amazing brownie. Like, I don't know, like homemade, but maybe it wasn't, but it felt like it was home. Mm. I described this brownie was like so good, right? The way you describe it now, I'm like, where in then South like, Florida is cream, this brownie? I'm like, the ice cream, like they must make it there. Like, blah, blah, blah. We go and it's like this little cafe that like these 20 year old kids like own and it's literally like a Swiss Miss whatever like that brownie bought. that's like shaped like a yeah. perfect square, not like homemade or how I pictured it and everything. And my friends were like, did you happen to be stoned when you were here? And I was like, yeah, why? They're like, you know that makes food taste better, right? And I was like, what? It makes everything taste better. <laughs> know, You're like, like, this is the greatest dessert I had I ever had. I was describing it like it was this the, the best <laughs> Most well, incredible thing, and it was just like out of the store plastic. Bought. Yeah. Store bought, <laughs> hilarious. Out of the plastic and like a scoop of whatever. See, and people don't even realize they should be serving their patrons mm. weed because then you could serve people everything. basically anything. Mediocre, yeah. everything, even anything. Well, I don't do edibles because, well, personally, I'm not one to eat a portion of a cookie. Somebody's like, "Yo, I have weed cookies for you. Never had them before." I was in New York in my like in my twenties, and he's like, "Oh, I got some weed cookies for you." He's a friend of mine visiting from Florida. I was like, great. And he gave them to me, all four of them. And I'm giving them a tour of Central Park. And while I'm there, I ate all four of them. No. Yes, because I didn't know. I never knew. I'd heard about them in like Did you movies. call the feds on yourself? It was horrible. Because I first <laughs> She would be like, lying if she said was, she didn't. <laughs> first I was like, here's the part in Central Park in Home Alone where you and then over here you might remember from this film and that film and that film. <laughs> and then I was like, then there's some stuff over there. <laughs> I don't know. There's stuff over there. This is all sit in the grass. <laughs> like the, it's like, like this crazy dark turn. <laughs> goes, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, he goes, where are the cookies? And I was like, I ate them. He goes, did you eat all of them? I was like, I ate all of them. He was like, oh no. So I just like, I can't do that. Well, your your body also it takes THC when you eat it and it converts it into eleven hydroxy. It's a completely different molecule. It's a it is a scientific conversion that happens in your liver that people don't know and don't even understand. Right. And, and now that we're at a place I that have we can met, realize it and it could be something that we could talk about, we could learn the ways to right. do you know what I'm saying? I it's have like met whole... so many people who have said on this show, the first time I ever tried weed was a space cake and I insert the scream. <laughs> huge scream. Right. I would normally scream, but now that we have a little bit of production, I don't have to scream. <laughs> Literally Can I audition for the scream? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, save that. Do yours. Listen, you guys, do I'll jump through hoops one. for this part. Do your I really want this no, part. No, 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 What's do your scream. scream. Do your, try, we're all auditioning. Okay. I really do want mine. this part. Ah! Okay. Oh my God. You said do it. Here comes Hold mine. on one second. <coughs> um, we're not ready for you yet. You're great. Okay. Really? Yeah, you're really good. Okay. You're really great. Okay. okay. Hi. Hi. Ah! Okay. Sorry, let me try that again. No, listen, don't. Please don't. Because I want you to save it for the day. Oh. I don't usually do this, but you get the part in the room. <laughs> you got the part. Go out and tell everybody that oh it's taken. I already put it on Facebook when Jeez. I was Oh, uh, And you're kidding. good at social media. That's really good. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I have a lot of followers. We did a, a promotion like a year ago, actually, <laughs> where we did an audition tape for the and I didn't get the part I never get the part (laughs) so we did a Wolfie was the doctor ours was corny as fuck she was the doctor I was Snow White and Ashley was uh, Eve because the pipe in the box was like an apple and so we love to uh, casting we love the casting couch yeah. Especially in the age of Me Too, because you don't have to fuck people anymore for success. Right. She's an actress. Or I was. I'm not anymore. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, but at one point in my life, I was an actress. And I just, like, I saw a lot of crazy shit in Hollywood. And I feel like it was weird for me, because I'm not an actress anymore, to see the whole, like, Me Too thing happen. Because I just knew people who were like openly, willingly admitted, like I slept with Brian Singer. I did this for this or, oh, yeah, well, I did get that guest role, but I was hooking up with someone on the show. You know, like there is something to proximity as well. Like I think in success, like people don't want to talk about it. But energetically, sometimes those kinds of people do get rewarded because, well, let's be real. People like to fuck and pussy is power, guys. (laughs) I don't know, though. I just think it's really has no power here. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's really interesting because I don't necessarily want to judge somebody for that. 
You know, like if you are going to it like is that something we should also be talking about is like maybe we shouldn't judge how much money i would have if i just became like a stripper but then i realized like i don't have any coordination so i wouldn't like make any money as a stripper i need to work on my strengths which we're gonna be in the slot box sex is a transaction period we're gonna if you're doing it because you want to be with somebody or you have like an emotional need or like you have like you know it's sort of like a transaction which is kind of like a sex work which is kind of like people there are people that i have seen that have use that to try to get ahead or to try to you know well i love this porn star named nicole aniston i'm a huge fan of hers and i've met her at the cannabis cup and she's a fan of my brand and she's posted us like a trillion times for zero dollars she's educated and she always is trying to promote positivity and she's a porn star you know and i think i've seen it through a different angle like becoming her fan and knowing her personally a little bit and then also just like i don't know i just feel like in this new age where we're talking about all these constructs, right? We're talking about sure. gender. We're talking about all of these really important, awesome things that I hope just we can tear down just so people can be more who they are. You know, you have people like preaching that. But it's just really interesting to me with the whole Me Too movement that no one wants to talk about the fact that there are plenty of people in every industry who will sleep their way to the top or whatever and that's in it that's it's accepted and it's allowed just the same as some of this other bs i don't know i just got really heavy there (laughs) (laughs) anyways i i'm way too woke and so like i try to be normal for like a few hours and then i just like always her wokeness just like spills out yeah like well because she brings out my rachel maddow you know like she brings it out in me yeah because she's good yeah that's why, that's why we're all here. Well, well, yeah. You, she brings it out <laughs> in me, I guess. But I mean, enough about me. I just say what I think other people are thinking sometimes. Every day. To a detriment. But it's all right. We learn. Have you ever gotten like in trouble for being too truthful with your comedy or like saying anything that... I, I'm actually trying to make a, a, a considerable effort to try to make my comedy steer away from all of that. Like even be, trying to like be as clean as possible. I find it more fun to try to find something that, you know... I still talk about things like, you know, STDs and marriage and relationship things and family things, but I try to be in a way that's like just kind of goofy. Yeah. In a way. You know, like I say a little bit of this stuff, but I don't, I love people that do that. And I think that some people have such an amazing calling to be that kind of a right. person. But I just want to like make, I want to like be able to like my niece to see my set and that right, really, right, you know? Right. Yeah. Like I accidentally had like, cause, because, I mean, I was in, I'm mostly known well, for no. mean girls, Well, no, we too. were going to talk about like, that. that's a part of it. Like, sometimes I'll turn and all of a sudden there'll be a 14, you know, like, or a 16-year-old yeah. person right. that somebody got in. Like, my mom would have let me see that. My mom let me go see plane trains and automobiles. Oh, my gosh. They wouldn't, we went, we went to go to the theater, and the lady was like, I'm sorry, it's an R-rated movie. They can't go with a sh- without you. She's like, and I send them to the movies all the time. I think I was, like, 14. My brother was, like, 12. We've seen it all on HBO. Do you know of what I'm course, saying? real yeah, sex. You know what I mean? Like, Hello. our parents are from Brooklyn. We're fine. Yeah. You know? And so, like, my mom's like, what do you mean it's rated R? And they're just like, well, we can't let kids unsupervised that are under the age of 18. She goes, is there violence? They're like, no. They're like, is there gore? They're like, no. She's like, what, what is it that's in there that they can't see? Is there a lot of drug use? They're like, no. She's like, well, uh, is it cursing? And they're like, yeah. And she goes, let my fucking kids into the fucking movie. <laughs> I and love the that. Like, the lady was like, uh, she goes, just fucking let my fucking kids in. Yeah, just let them go. Give me my and fucking then they time. And like, boop, and they gave yeah. me the tickets. And we got to go see plane trains and automobiles. That's amazing. <laughs> my parents were the opposite. I had to beg them for me to go see the movie Titanic. And they were like, would not let me because Rosa's boobs were out. And I was 13. I was like, mom, it's about a sinking ship, not about this woman's boobs. I didn't even, here's I was like, so and I up. have boobs. I so, know what they look like. so messed up is because that's just because they found it hot. People are offended by the shit that they find hot. But we're so, we have so much hangups about sex. My mom wouldn't let me see Pretty Woman. And I was like, why? And she goes, because of that piano scene. And then I heard her be like, the piano scene? <laughs> like, not to put out my mom's tea, but I overheard her with a girlfriend be like, and I'm like, it's just my, and I watched it. He fucks her on a piano and it's like, clink, clank, clonk. And I was like, it's hot, but I'm like, not like, why couldn't they see that when I could see Basic Instinct? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm like, how come I can't see? You know what I mean? It didn't make sense, but it was because that probably eroticizes my mom. 
Like, right, so it makes them the feel wrong. Like, put you in the jails of the things that they find. <gasps> so, by the way, as that's a parent, actually so really rich. Deep. As a parent, like throw your little shade over the stuff that you really like, and you know what I mean. Because it's the stuff that you. And keep that's why we're all fucked up. From that I I to. need that because I I mean I'm not like I don't have a kid yet or anything like that. I'm not even married. I'm supposedly engaged, but I will eventually one day get married. Um, but. I just want to be a good parent and I want to, and I think like if we're going to talk about like trying to make the world a better place with cannabis and with being better people and living our best lives and being our best selves. And then also, you know, trying to connect with people for real, like real authenticity, just saying like be your true self. Like how do you not like screw up your kid, you know? Cause like I had an amazing mother. You can't help it. You're going to screw them up. This is the whole thing. I've learned this too. Okay. No matter what you do, your, your parents will fuck you up a little bit. And it's because as a human being, you need something to work against to ever be anything. It's part of the flight. It's part of the get, kicking the bird out of the tree until they hit the ground. Sorry, but if you don't hit the ground, you're never going to get out of the nest. Mm. So you have to, you're going to mess them up. If you're like, I'm going to make them, I'm going to make them watch all Christian music and no. they can't play with guns with their friends and they've got to sit inside and watch only Captain Planet and they've got to let, you know what I mean? Like you're trying to control everything that they, then the kid's going to be like a gun collector. You know, I didn't collect guns, never, but I did sneak out of the house and I think you're right. You got to allow. It's the mystery. You're right. What you can't see. Oh, that, I 100%. You know I mean? think when I was 18 and I started smoking weed and my dad was like, oh yeah, like I smoke too. Like, where'd you get this? And like, I think this is totally safer than alcohol. I was like, fuck yeah. And it was awesome that my dad wasn't telling me not to do things. Un- like, cause my parents were the opposite. They just, can I tell you everything us. that my parents have told me not to do. They made me sign a contract. My sister and I, when I was seven years old, that we would never get piercings other than our ears or tattoos. And I got my belly button twice, all of my ears, my nose three times, one time in Greece with a gun, don't recommend. Um, yeah, they don't have the same rules. I got tattoos. I had sex. I now have done, smoked so much weed and haven't died. On camera. So... I'm just saying, I think you're right. Like you can't put, we're as beings, it's our nature to explore and create. That's what our whole being is. All we are explorers. That's how we got to these countries, you know. are you but the challenges that you face? Honest, no, you are your struggle. When people always say that, I used to be like, oh, fuck them. That's so annoying. Or like the spiritual teacher that I heard was like, you know, you have to get to the fuck you to get to the bless you. And I was oh, just like. Oh, but by like, the way, that sounds good too. That's, that's uh, a good one. There's some just so much knowledge really? in this. Really? And it's just that's so sick. true. And like every day, especially like with my experience with my business, with like trying to pursue that passion. And it's like, especially in cannabis, like it's a lot. It's a lot. Everything is working against you. Like people told me, your life is going to be over when I started posting videos of myself smoking weed and posting weed um, and really like making my my vape company a weed brand. Um, so it was it's it's really strange, but I hate that taboo. That's in America too. That taboo, like these things are taboo, these things are off limits, bad, bad, don't do that. Mm-mm. I feel like that's an American thing. But I agree. I don't know. And I'm an artist too, so I'm like I always say I'm like Brooklyn by way of Burning Man. <laughs> like I'm trying <laughs> you know, because it's like so true. Like all my roots and everything are in like that Italian Brooklyn thing, but I'm like woke. I mean, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> So you're living in Florida. And then how do you get to L.A.? How do you discover what it is that you want to do with your life? Because that's one thing where we always try to help I've always wanted find. to be an actor since, like, the beginning, since the dawn of time, like, since I can remember, right? And it's, so it's, like, I used to learn, like, the ABCs, and I lived in Brooklyn on a block with, like, all my cousins, and I would go to everyone's house and do the ABCs. I would do, like, the coffee table circuit. Like, I had, like, I go to Aunt Nina, and this one, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And we had, like, moments, me and my grandfather, like that, doing stuff like that. He'd make me read the license plates, and I would, like, learn. I learned faster. I learned how to read to perform, like, because I could talk really early. Um, from there, that's what I just wanted to do. I ended up going to college for it. Which college? A Florida School of the Arts. And How did you like that school? It was incredible. Okay. Um, I had such a, a unique experience because it's intimate. Mm-hmm. Um. It is like 150 students max. For and, acting? Well, it's all the arts. It's uh, ballet, modern dance, graphic design, uh, fine art. So we didn't really hang out with those kids as much. We did. We liked them. We knew them. But they had their own click. They had their own assignments and own journey. And so it was really down to just the acting and musical theater kids and maybe one or two dancers. 
usually. Right. So that's like 65 kids. So I was like for two years with six, the same 65 people, and the, you know what I mean, kind of thing. Like um, living in apartments because they didn't have on-school housing. Right. So we were living as adults with jobs and like paying for our own apartment and everything. You know, our parents would help us, of course. But right. it was like the closest to a dorm. You know, it wasn't That's school so regulated where we lived. It was awesome. Did you move then to L.A. or to New York? Uh, I went to New York for a summer. I went to the Actors Studio of Louisville because I met somebody at this unified audition we did who got a job there. And so she said, come visit me. I'll put you up in the Actors Housing. And I got to go do some workshops at Actors Studio of Louisville. And then I went to go stay with my grandmama in Brooklyn. And I was with my grandmama in Brooklyn. <laughs> I die. And my grandpapa. I was staying with them. And uh, my cousin, Diane, was like, are you auditioning? And I was like... Uh, no, I don't really know anybody. And she was like, well, isn't there like a newspaper or something that has auditions? I'm like, yeah, there's backstage. She goes, don't you read it all the time? I said, yeah. She goes, well, why don't you have a fresh one? Like you're always reading the, I used to read the old ones and read stories about acting. Like I was like into it. And so she's like, go to the city, get one and audition. Do you have a headshot with you? And I was like, yeah, I just took some. She's like, go. So I was like, oh man. And I just went to the city, got off the train. I was terrified. Like got the backstage off the thing, like got back in, went back to Brooklyn looked and the first audition i see is for a theater in the same city as my mom lives in in florida and i'm like what i'm like i can't believe this and they were doing all these musicals i was right for wow and i went in the audition and i did it they gave me the job in the room and i got i left school because i got this job like and i did damn yankees in 1776 in their season i was 20. I was like terrified, but I was like, if I mess up, I could land on my mom's couch. Yeah. What's but the worst they, that could happen? And they had housing and a rental car that we all shared. And I was with like these great people who were all like, you know, from New York City. And I was working with like all these like professionals. Right. So it was cool. People who had been on Broadway, things like that. Like it got me excited. Like, and like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. So I was like, I'm going to get my equity card and move to New York. That was my plan. Right. But I got a movie. I w you know, I got Bully, Larry Clark's movie Bully. And I right. didn't expect that to happen. But I was there trying. I was in plays, and I had done a couple commercials. You know, I did a tour of Tony and Tina's wedding that came through an audition. I did the Fort Lauderdale part of that, and I so I was like doing stuff. How did you, know? you cope with auditioning? Did you did you have a hard time auditioning, or did you were you just like great at auditioning? How did you, like I, don't know. I, I find that whole audition. experience as just a huge. It was always a huge problem for me. A, an audition is a door opening. Mm -hmm. An audition is like this is what you want to do. Here's a door. And you have to think of the audition as like, I'm Danny Franzese. I'm an entertainer. I want people to see what Danny Franzese could do. I want I, I want to get in front of, like, I, my dream is to maybe be on Broadway. So this way, when you're on Broadway, you have the best audiences in the world. Everybody sees your stuff. You know, and it's like, you're there with like, and everyone comes backstage and says hi. And it's like such a nice meet and greet. I love being in theater. I just did an amazing play at the Wallace. The beautiful people that came to the Wallace Annenberg to like see our show was like, it was so I couldn't believe some of the people that were in the audience, you know? And it's like, I don't know, it's like a meet and greet situation. I believe in, because I believe in energy, I believe that like theater, live comedy, any, a lot of like live performing, it's a unique, um, create, it's a unique experience and exchange of energy. It's something that's really powerful that people yeah. like in humanity overlook. It's like prayer. It's it's uh it can fill your soul like the feeling when I leave a show even in the audience I'm like electrified I'm always inspired I'm always like oh I just I feel it in my bones and my my family shares it because my mom she took us when we were really little even though I lived in Louisiana people would shows would come to New Orleans and we had my mom was the local dance teacher so you know I was always performing I always wanted a stage I just like loved being on stage not necessarily theater, but dancing and singing and well, performing. Well, you share something with the audience. It's just this whole experience. It's the same thing we do here. Why when Wolfie came to me and was like, oh, we have to start a podcast. And I was just making videos in my house with Griffin and like my people. I was really cut off. And because I came up through social media, I've been cut off. I, it's only, I'm only realizing it now, you know, like that I'm. I've been on social media for like six years as a career um, and it's it's very intense and it's like questionable for your mental health at a certain point because it, it creates this content out of reality which is an actual reality. Um, and Do you have mind over matter of that? Yes. It's also about balance with everything but I just think that live performing in theater and people who 
you know, keeping that alive and also taking people to theater who aren't into it. You know, Wolfie, when I met her, I was I didn't like stand up comedy <laughs> because it made me nervous. And I, I dragged her to a show feel, like nervous. And then I saw her for the first time and it was so funny. And I saw a couple other comedians and I was dead. Like I was crying. I was fucking crazy. And I told my fiance about like the second date he tried to take me to a comedy show. And I was like, if you want this to work, you're going to like get rid of those tickets and not try to take me there. But I had been an actress and I had worked with some comedians who I thought were like mean. And, you know, I was mm, just fucking yeah. young and stupid and like I didn't get it. Yeah, I wasn't I wanted to just say in with the audition because I didn't. Oh, yeah, sorry. That. No, just because I, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. But I'm, is that like you want to be in a Broadway play so everyone could come see you? Every audition is an opportunity for the audience that you really want. Like the casting director is there, that producer is there, the writer of the show is there. The guy who's running the camera is going to be the casting director, the producer, or the writer of the show tomorrow you are getting that audience. So it's like, why wouldn't you like want to give them the Danny Fernandezi show when I go into a room and make them, I went to an audition today and I went and freaking bought like a- Hilarious. A a, you know what I mean? I had an audition today and I went and bought this like crazy outfit last night just to like, because this is what the character would have worn. He worked in a theme park. And it's kind of like, this is what, like I was like, just to be fu have fun. Did so you, you wear get, that on the audition? Yeah. So you get the audition like, just, for Bully. Right. And do you know that you're that this is going to be a break for you? Do you know that this is going to be something big or were you everybody just who gets their first lead role in a movie thinks they're going to be famous? And especially because I was like a theater actor in Fort Lauderdale. Now, all of a sudden, I'm working with these Hollywood people. And I'm like, my mission was to wait until I had my equity card in theater before I moved to my union card before I moved to New York. I could get it in South Florida doing the regional theaters there. They have brilliant theater down there. It's Diet New York. So there's also a New York audience, the taste level sometimes in Florida, you know, mm -hmm. South Florida. So um, uh, with that, like I was like, I'm going to get my equity card and then I'll move to New York. And someone gave me the advice, just work on theater, work on being a better actor, just not. And someone will ask you to do a TV show or a movie if you're good enough. Mm. And I was like, that's what I'll do. So that was like my plan. But I got a movie and like everything changed because I got another movie after that. And I got another movie and I started making movies. And then I was making movies and like a guest star in a TV show like every year for like the past 20 years now, like doing all kinds of things like in entertainment, you know, but still trying to like do theater and stand up and performance and improv. And I mean, I just want to entertain. Fully well-rounded entertainer. So think about that. In and, a, and also, I think also people don't realize too, like as an act, at least for me, not as an actor anymore, I don't really define myself that way, but through my products and through my content that I make, I see it as like performing for me every day. Like I'm just... In it this, is. In this, it's like, it's just a new format that hasn't really been defined but yet. you're going to have an audition for something. And think of it as that whatever it is that you do, whatever it is you're, you're vibrating out there, give it to the people in that room. Don't be scared. Don't be, like, nervous about it. That is where I was always wrong. I always walked in powerless instead of empowered. And it wasn't until I became an entrepreneur that I even arrived to... You have to walk in and be like, do I don't really give a fuck. feel when you watch fuck. American Idol or The Voice and somebody walks in and they nail it in such a way Ugh. and they nail it for you. And you're at home and you're just like, oh my God, you saw when she walked in and, you know, everyone perked up in their seats and she kind of gave her thing and you're just like, that's like, thank you for that. that. I love her because that audition gave me life, right? So it's like, give people life. Like right. go in there and like have fun. Be prepared off your shit. If, if sometimes you can't. Sometimes I grab, I have a script that I got last night and then I'm on the plane and then... I need to sleep or I can't even drive. You know, it's like whatever to get to the audition. And I can't. But I always try to be as prepared as possible. Try to make it and the audience be them. And what taught me that was stand-up comedy. Because stand-up comedy made me fearless. I'm fearless now. I don't give a shit. Because I don't need to hear the laugh. I know my jokes are funny. I could go up there and I could be at like an open mic where these bastards won't even smirk at me. And I really don't care because I, if I get a <laughs> out of them, it's like I dug it out of you. Exactly. You know and you know that'll work any, anywhere. They get allowed yeah. anywhere. Anywhere. So this. it's like. So the snicker I, is respect. Now that's I go like, into the yeah. room and it's the like snicker. I open mic realness. I don't need to hear your laugh to know that my shit's funny. My shit should already be funny. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like because I already did practice it or I already felt it or whatever. I fucking so love stand-up. being in Mean Girls, and like Mean Girls to our generation, like this goes without being said. The our movie audience, of our like, generation. It is. It was like Clueless was that yeah. time. And then Mean Girls is our time. To say that it I is don't the most know. iconic movie. It is the most, most quotes movie. of that movie. It is. It was so. I remember my mom taking me to the theater. We saw the preview. I lived in Louisiana, I believe, at the time. 
I, I, she took me and we saw it. It was just the best fucking thing ever. Everyone wanted to wear the clothes like them. Like it was just, I even, um, actually I may have lived in California at the time. I don't remember how old I was. I don't even, I, I lose track of years and time. It's all the weed, but you know, um, <laughs> we don't need, you know, it's not about the details. It was iconic. What was that experience like for you being in, in that? Was it like a crazy thing? Was it like, people recognized you everywhere you went or was it not what people would expect um the beginning was an, an, like it was it was an instant change and in like how people recognize me always because i'm not a very i don't blend honey you know what i'm saying like <laughs> well, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like i but no honestly if you took a silhouette of me and you're like this actor you would you would have to say this actor and then they'd be like that might be him because i'm like a giant and i like look a certain way you know what i'm saying so the thing about that is he means perfect i'm noticeable so You're, i well there are some people who are stars by their gifts and there are some people who are stars by their gifts and their full like your person and your presence yes, and like, who you are is part of the package that is you yes i am not depressed about it actually i like being different but my whole my my, my thing is though like uh lindsay lohan could put on a hat essentially and maybe like a high thing like this and sit in a coffee shop for a while and maybe not. But me, I'm in the coffee shop with the same thing on and it's like, you know what I mean? It's uh, like, you really, that guy from it's like Monsters Inc. I'm like, that's a little coffee table. So it's like, um, uh, it ch my life changed instantly in a way right. where I didn't even know I lived next to an all girls school. I had no idea. Like, <gasps> didn't even notice oh, it. I would come from the train my I was on the Upper East Side God. and I walked outside and they were like, whoosh, and it was like, bees like, i had to like run and then i'm like oh my god i live here like I, how do i get home like i don't i want to be home right now i'm trying to run home and i'm running across the street from my actual block i did the whole thing where like a bus came and i ran by the bus and then they were all in the other corner like, I'm where did he go yeah and it was like near like bloomingdale so i was able to like lose them you know it was very crowded but it was very weird i was like now i have to take the train from the other way because of this like that movie changed my life a little bit then i was like i want to do something different i so i tried to do everything that was like as weird or as different, or as straight as possible. Yeah, I had a lot, really was offered a lot of probably, in retrospect, even great gay roles. I was offered a lot of crappy ones, but like that were really like, just making fun of gay people or like you know using I the stereotypical. Wonder, yeah, because we are face we face like this other stereotype with weed and stigma where you know people think we're stupid or people think we're dumb and i find people think i'm younger than i am so i get like this age weird thing but i've always looked at castings and wondered like when these roles were so obviously it just wouldn't be something it would make anyone feel good even me like the sluts and the but i would also constant. just get offended even if it was something good and gay it was bothering me oh it because was because i wanted to like do other things and i wasn't really out all the way you know, with myself, and people would just be like, uh, I remember I went and audition for this role, and it was someone's boyfriend, and the girl who I could have played, I could have totally played opposite her. Like, we were, like, oh, perfect, right? And so I went in, and it was, like, the guy was, like, Italian and all this other stuff, and I did the whole audition, and the guy was like, no, I have an audition for you. He's like, it's coming up later. This isn't the thing on this show. I have a thing for you. And I was like, okay, and then he wanted to call me back in for the thing, and the character was gay, and I didn't even go in. And that's my bad because it ends up being a really great role. Like, I just was angry because of the opportunities that I wasn't able to have in other places. You know, I didn't really, like, understand it. So then I have this movie that is, like, attached to me, which is, like, my made me famous, but then at the same time is holding me back. Do you Did you resent it for a while? Not, like, resent it, no, but just... I'm so grateful for it. Right. The experience is great. The movie's great. Of course. I love the whole thing. That movie I will transcend felt time. felt bad about... I never had a, a bad feeling about Mean Girls. I think it's awesome. Life. It's the best movie I, ever. I agree. I think no matter but what... My career, my life, where I was after that, what was that going to be? You know? Like, how do you define it after that? Exactly. But I think once I was honest with myself, when I, once I was like, nothing's going to be anything unless I could be me. Once I could love my body, once I could, like, uh, uh, love my work and, like, feel confident in what I was doing, love the fact that I was gay, you know, own the fact that I'm Christian, own the fact that I smoke weed, own the fact that all the things I did, just own who I am, you know? Like, that was when I could be the most free, you know? I made so many sad mistakes when I was younger and did so many different things that I, you know, would have wished I could save other people from doing, you know? Me too. That's why we try to be introspective here instead of just smoking weed and, and, and leaving it at, at weed. Because 
I feel like personally cannabis makes me a better person. It does make me try to like look inside myself and help me, you know, share what I learned about myself. And I relate to so much of that because I stood in my own way. People tried to give me opportunities and I was like, I can't believe that you would think that or I could play this or that I would do this or like, you know, and they were literally just trying to help me. And I misunderstood a lot of it because I was the same way in different ways, uncomfortable with myself, uncomfortable with my experience and all kinds of other weird, strange hangups that I just had to lose in order to like <coughs> be truly happy. Um, but I think that's really insightful. And I think yeah. that our audience, like that's what they're, they crave every day is just to like, have people be willing enough to share who they are so they can learn from it. And I feel like there's just not even a conversation that look, much about that. You I know? also look through my life to try to find out, like, what, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I me? Why am I gay? Why am I this size? Why am I this everything? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why that? that and I really feel like it's just to be myself and, like, le- just t- to talk about my experience and, like, and be, talk about everything being different. Like, making people feel okay in their skin, you know? Like, I don't know what my missions were when I was younger. I had other things. I was like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, what I want to do now is just make the world a better place and, like, also be, like, you know, entertainment. Yeah. I also think also, like, people don't realize that I – we recently just did this lookbook with Kush Queen all about representation. We use real people with real stories, all different types of people um, who looked different ways. Some people gay, some people straight, some people – um, and a, we had a straight, a gay guy who was playing straight in a bed with a girl, just like being, just trying to go for it. And I was thinking about it when we knew you were coming here and how my brother's gay and we were young. We lived in the South. There was no, there was no, there was no image. It didn't exist. And I really truly believe that people would be shocked to know how many times on film you are some of the first exposure you know, at least to our generation of, of, of gay was, representation was, in television I've never and film. Seen a character where the, ca- where the character didn't just wasn't played by like a straight guy or didn't look like that with like abs and like you know bleached right. hair tips and like there isn't I've never one. seen that image at all. And I was like, it, what I loved about what Tina wrote in the script about Damien was it said he's probably fat and definitely gay. <laughs> I love it. I was like, I'm probably fat. Like, you know what I mean? I am. Like, you see my head, I'm like, oh, he's probably fat, you know, like, <laughs> and then, but I'm definitely gay. Like, I was like, this is like, it felt like, a, you know. It was for just you. Just a sweet way. I never saw something, he was just talked about sweetly through the whole thing. It, you know, even the two get a function was hurtful. It was human. He kind of was like, that's kind of messed up. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But, and it was something that was in a burn book where everyone had something about them, you know? Right. Like, so it, he, that made him part of it. It would have been more more hurtful if he wasn't in the burn book. Right. Do you know? Because then he would have been included. Even included. I exactly. Mean, it was, no, really, truly. It was like, important enough to be included. Exactly. The, those also characters Bully didn't come too, around like, as a film right. as well, like, super impactful. I mean, you've won awards. People have acknowledged your... Oh, my God, I brought it. You did? Yeah. I won awards. You're funny. Like, I won a High Times Tony Award. Bring it Still. up. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking to... I've won two cannabis cups. Hey, so... I love it. Oh my god! He's I a cannot he- believe real hero. This. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you can smoke out of this. Yeah. You have. This is <laughs> of course. Look at this. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, I would take that bowl. Off. It's not the best bowl, but that's my friend let me a bowl because I didn't wow. even have this a bowl so for cool. it. Best <laughs> psychedelic scene presented by High Times. What a piece of history! <laughs> it's iconic. That's when it looked like a trophy. Wow. Like now they're big glass pieces, beautiful. Wow. But <laughs> this is so cool. I'm so happy you brought it. I was like, I hope he didn't say that he was bringing it. Oh no, I brought it. Cause that is incredible. It's funny. I like it. Um, I love it. Leave it up. I'm we need it here. Yeah, you should be the stony. The story I of mean. this is hysterical. I like. So tell it. Uh, oh God, I'm trying to think of how to where to start because it's. <laughs> So I was working as a bouncer in New York City uh, for this company, Spin Cycle. I did like things for them. I would either like work as a doorman or hand out flyers, or I just worked in the clubs. And they actually produced my comedy show now when it's in New York. I love We're like it. still in touch. We're all friends. They do a lot of great shows. Um, but I worked for them, and my bully came out. It was my first movie coming out. When it came out on DVD, I said, 
you know, I'd like to do a DVD release party. They used to do parties for everybody. It didn't yeah. matter. It was actually really funny. Like, they would do, like, if, um, like, Jamie Lee Curtis got the, started doing Activia commercials, they would do a Jamie Lee Curtis night and give away, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and give away, find, like, a deep cut something of hers on eBay and give it away as a raffle and, like, oh, really my fun God. kind of stuff like I that. I love they that. They have places like that. I know. It's New York, man, you know? And so this is, like, uh, um, they just did really fun things like that. So I was like, hey, will you, you know, I want, what if I had a DVD release party? If I got one, would you guys make it the prize that night? They're like, we'll throw a whole party for you. So I was like, really? I was like, yeah. And they're like, and at the premiere, I didn't, I tried to hobnob. I was like so new, you know what I mean? I tried to like meet people and talk to people. But the only guy that I spoke to was like, hey, if you ever need any copies of the movie or anything like that, I'm the guy you talk to. Like everybody else was kind of like, you know, people, I, it was Sofia Coppola. And like, I wanted to talk to some of those people, but. I talked to that guy. And right. He was cool. So I called him, like, hey, can I have copies? And they're like, yeah, we'll send seven people there. You know, we'll, they'll send you seven DVDs and we'll come because we're going to be in town because, um, like, BG's nominated and the movie's nominated for a Stony Award. And I was like, it is? I was like, can I go? And they were like, yeah, you can go. Uh, they were like, oh, let me see. It was like a let me see, right? And I was like, ooh. And I'm like, so first out of the gate, you know, I'm like, maybe I'll get to go to the Stony Award. Right? Then I'm sleeping in bed and I was working as a, a bouncer at night on the weekends, but as a mover during the mornings on the weekdays. The mover. The it's a struggle. You a said it made you who for Morgan Stanley. Like I was okay. a commercial mover. Like we'd move desks and we'd you know th- and things like right. that and file boxes and computers. Anyway, so like um I was really tired and uh I get a call at eleven in the morning and it's like Hey, uh, actually, it's my friend Ned who passed away. But my friend Ned Vizzini, he was 19 at the time, and he wrote he wrote the movie. It's kind of a funny story. He wrote the book it's based on. But he was a reporter at this time for like the New York Press, and he was 19. And he was like, he was like, hey, so can I interview you at the Stony Awards? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, how does it feel to be nominated? And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm nominated? And he's like, yeah, you're nominated on most psychedelic scene. Like, and I was like, wait, what? And then like the newspaper comes out. It's like. And it's like I'm nominated. He write he just quoted everything like that I said in the whole conversation. I didn't, you know. Oh I was like my half God. asleep, and so like I'm like, what's going on? And then I see that they nominated a scene that we did for most psychedelic scene. And I didn't realize how Hollywood things <laughs> go, but I guess I was gonna win because I was gonna go. And it's like because when you think about it in a Stony Awards, like not everybody who's not gonna win is gonna show up. Of course. If you win one, you show up. It's kind of like. And it's, you know, like like Snoop Dogg, it's Snoop Dogg's there. And it's like, and it's Marlon Wayans, and Marlon Wayans is not there. So you're kind of, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So you're like, Snoop right. Dogg's going to win because <laughs> he's here. Right. Because celebrities don't show up to things they're not winning when it's like a smaller event. Right, right, you know, right. The nature of Hollywood. But because I was there, I guess they included the scene and I won. I don't know. Because I was most psychedelic scene. And we're, and it's we're, it's a scene where the, the camera spins and bully, which is very psychedelic. But it was up against Moulin Rouge and Donnie Darko. And I kind of feel like because I was there. You won. I, but here's the thing. So I go. I don't think I'm going to win. I still don't know how things work. <laughs> so I go and they're like, here's your VIP section. And Ethan Hawke is there with his VIP section. Snoop Dogg's there smoking a blunt like this big, like I'm the size dead. of a ruler. And like, I'm just like, this is crazy. There was Ice-T. There was some other cool celebrities. It's the high times where people, cool yeah. people still came. But we had this section and... I, see, I meet Ned, he's 19, and he's like, they wouldn't let me in. He's like, can you believe it? Like, they won't let me in that section. I'm like, come sit with us. So he parties with us. I'm like, it's your, you're the one that told me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So we all started hanging out, and I'm getting really high. They're like, um, you're going to present an award. And I'm Stop. like, they're like, Bijou was supposed to show up, but if she doesn't show up, would you present an award? And I'm like, okay, I'm too stoned for this right now. Like, I'm just not able to deal with it. Right. So I'm just like, yeah, I guess I can. So now I start writing jokes. And I wasn't, I was so new. I mean, I was really young. Like, and this is my first, like, public appearance as a celebrity. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And so I was not briefed on anything. I go backstage. Jim Brewer is hosting. Amazing. And Snoop Dogg's backstage. All these people backstage. We go backstage. I'm the only one stoned. Everybody else was like, we're going to wait till after the show. I was even asking Jim Brewer. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, Jim Brewer says no? Like, I didn't understand how things Oh, work. my oh. God. And I was like, too uh-huh. high for this. So I go outside, and I'll never forget it. I'm announcing documentary because Larry Clark was supposed to come, and he didn't show. 
So I start going. I'm doing. I'm hosting for uh, pick, picking up an award right. for him and picking up an award for Bijou. Like so, I go in there and I go up to the uh, thing, and they're like, "Announce <coughs> best documentary," and I'm like, "So my best actory voice." I'm just like, "Hi and welcome to the category for best documentary here at the High Times Tony Awards," and the nominees are, and then I don't say anything, and they start coming up on the thing, and I didn't realize that I was supposed to read the nominees. I think of the Oscars and stuff. I don't realize. You think that they have I've a voiceover on anything? I've never done. That's anything so like High this. Times. So now I just sit there Same and I, my body like relaxes and I ease into like, now I'm going to, this is the part I don't have to do anymore. And of course it's my voice that's narrating it all. And so the girl whose show it is that's going on without me saying her name, she's like, sign the name from the front row. And, I, and then I just like jump in and I start saying the name. I get through it. It's great. Like she hated me, but I got through it. Then they asked me, would you uh, accept an award on behalf of Bijou? Another one. Yeah. And I was like, Yes. So I go up there and I accept the award on behalf of her. Then I'm like, I'm done. I really think I'm not going to win my category because it's the most psychedelic scene and it's between Donnie Darko and Moulin Rouge. I can't think of a more psychedelic movie. The Moulin Rouge is like, bah, 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 yeah. da, da, da. and they're like, Donnie Darko. Like, and Bully. And they're like, let's hate me out again. You know, it's like, just like one like quick, like nothing, you know? So I'm like, definitely not in this category. So I chill. I tell Snoop, yes, I'll hit the giant, like, ball, you know, thing. Hi, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I start to like really chill. And then they're like, and the winners are. And I'm like, I'm not even paying attention. And I'm like, it's my category. And then we turn and they're like, and the winner is. And I'm like, I won. But so I go to run up on stage and I trip over the speaker and I land flat on my face on the stage. J Law before J Law. And I get up and someone goes, you again. <laughs> And it was basically like, who is he? The movie was out for two days in the theater. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like. You, they were like, another one. Yeah, How many oh, times great. are you going to get up there? Because I was bombing every time I went up there, you know? And I just was like, you know what? And I was like, I'm just so, like, I was like, I'm so, like, I took my shirt off in the movie and I felt really liberated by that. Like, I was the kid who did not. This is where my body positivity journey started because I did not feel comfortable, like, taking my shirt off when I was younger in the pool or any of that. Right. And then my first movie, I have to. And so many other movies after I had to, you know? But it's like, I didn't feel comfortable doing it. So it's like, I felt like now I didn't care. Now I was like, well, I'll take my shirt off here. I don't even give a shit. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, but at that time it was like a, a thing. A big thing. So I overcame it. So I said, thank you for giving me this award because I took my shirt off and I lifted my shirt up like this. And every, and I just it was quiet and someone just goes, ew. <laughs> like, and I just walked out. It was still the best night of my life. What the what a weird night. What a weird a video of this? What a no, because like, no, you know what I mean? Like, what a weird uh, exchange of events, like series of events. Wow, like. that is an iconic so, story. I love this, it. So then Michael Pitt one time, like I haven't seen him in a I while. I love it. He calls me up and he's like, hey, I'm at this place on 24th Street and blah, blah, blah. You should come say hi. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm like kind of right near there. I'm going out tonight, but I'll stop by and say what's up. So I go in and he goes, where's my award? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, didn't I win that award? And oh my was, I was God. like, call them. I was like, we all I didn't won. take your trophy. Because it was a scene for like all of us. So right, my right, times right. owes them these. But I went through all that. You were like, I'm really not giving you. Really you really did. You should, you should I take it. Yeah, trophy, you really right? did. Someone. Wow, that's that so is fucking so funny. epic. I know. And then I had to lose the uh, the bowl because I had to move to LA. Yeah. So mm. the bowl had to go. What yeah. was a special bowl? No, I just couldn't fly with it or like. Yeah, but bowls are replaceable. This trophy is not. That's what I mean. Wow. So I, got, I cleaned it out and then I brought it here and I haven't really smoked out of it. But this is iconic. It's amazing. Wow. What a good story. I'm <laughs> shook it. Real, right? I'm like, so like, what do you, I mean, I know you love acting and, um, but like you obviously have a special love for stand up. Yeah. Like you said, it makes you fearless. Yeah. It's made you feel more, more fearless. More I fearless. Feel like I've had to shut up for so long. I could finally talk. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like I've, I've I've had to shut up for so long I could just talk, and I do it in a funny way. And I'm like, but it really annoys me. It's very therapeutic mm-hmm. to find something that bothers you and then look at the funny bright side of it and then like repeat it over and over and over and over and over again. It's very mantra like, like doing my routine, and I enjoy it. And people get so much joy out of it. I don't like I said I don't make them have to feel like they make a choice. I have my own political beliefs. I am uh, an outspoken person. But when it comes to this, it's like I kind of feel like 
I could sneak them in every once in a while. Like I do talk about how I hate straws and I do talk about how like all these different kinds of things, you know, in my comedy, if I could like fit it in there. Uh, but it's like, other th- I don't really like wham anyone with like, I'm not going to sit there and talk about my balls for three hours. You know what I mean? Where you're just right. like, oh, you know, sometimes it's just kind of like ways to have it, you know? Sometimes people do it with such finesse, but when I do it, it's a bummer because I'm Damien from You Girls a lot, a lot, right. a lot of people also. And it's like, you're like, oh, you know what I mean? I remember when I saw, not that he's he's so funny, but Bob, Bob I knew Saget, you were going to say Bob Saget. Because he was the biggest shock to yeah. us of our generation when we saw him start doing yeah. material. We were like, what happened? Like that feeling of like, even though it was like acceptable in a way, like because we were old enough to handle it. I think right. that it was kind of like, whoa, you know? <laughs> right. And so <gasps> I don't, I, I believe in like it, that your career and your life and everything is like that game where you don't try to make the balloon hit the ground. Mm-hmm. If something goes up, let it go up. And my vibration on a certain kind of feeling to people is up. So I just want to feed that. I want to like, mm. you know, I want to make it fun and goofy and a little bit like, actually, I'm going to throw that, sorry. Hi. You know what I mean? But like not something that's going to like whale them or make them have to choose a political leap right in front of me or, you know. I think it's great and it's refreshing, especially now because, boy, it's just life is just so heavy and it feels like it's heavy everywhere. And I have everybody's other shit blocked on Facebook and we need that feature on Instagram. And, you know, everybody needs more joy and laughter and all the good things. I, I, I know our audience, like, they need advice as well about how to overcome all that. Just how do you over? How did you overcome? Like, what, what advice would you have for you know, young people and how they can overcome their insecurities or their fears. Lie to yourself. It starts with you just lying to yourself. Like, this is, I say this all the time. Like, it starts with you saying, I'm beautiful. Like, I love my stretch marks. I love the way that I don't have as many eyelashes as I want on this side, you know, or whatever. I love the, find the things that you don't like and love them. Then try to figure out what makes you special, what makes you different. So it's like, the, every single thing that I've ever been beat up for, that I've ever been told that I can't take the class for, that I've ever been told that I'll never make the team for, that I've ever been told that I'd never get the part for, that I've ever been told that I wouldn't be loved for, that someone said, sorry, you have that to me and walked away from me, you know, or anything like that is the thing that I make money from. It's the thing that my fiance loves about me. It's the thing that gives me life when I meet another person that possesses it. Yeah, you know, right down to my May 9th birthday. I love meeting a May 9ther because and I <gasps> my dad's May 9th. Boom. That's Where's weird. That? What up? You Tauruses? I'm May 17th, so we're yeah. the same Taurus, but yeah. he's 5954. But I'm saying like the things that I grew up with that I felt like, you know, like I would say, take your shirt off. It's not that big of a deal. Sun feels good on a belly. Take mm. your shirt off. Like, do that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like a, you deserve the sun. Why shouldn't you have the sun? Because somebody else feels that you don't look a certain way that, like, feel it. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's for us. Like, we got one body. We get one vessel. I want to change things about myself all the time. I've never been happy. And guess what? I probably never will be fully happy. But what I could be is comfortable where I am day to day and make choices every day that could go one way or the other. And it's like, it's all about just the the next choice, too. Because it's like future. Like, you can't have your past kill you. Like, you have to think about... What is the next thing? Because we're all at the end of the day just trying to survive and make it as comfortable as we can. I think people who are successful, like a lot of my friends who are successful, have this thing in common where we all have experienced fear and rejection and like depression and mental illness and lack of circumstance or all these just different things. Somebody has shit. Like a lot of people have shit. It's hard. But the one thing that we all have in common is that even when we were like in the pain of it and we were fucking bleeding, we kept going, even if it was like little by little, little growth, m- forward movement. Like if you horse, fall, fall Atreus forward. Horse just keep going, you know. Just keep like getting. And the running story, Atreus horse, and the running story. When, like, he, like he tries to explain to the horse, the horse can't get it because he's not a human. That it's all in his mind, and that if you could just power through the pressure, it's like it, I forget what it's called. But I'm like stony nerd, not just nerd. <laughs> but like it's like they pull, you know, it sucks you down when you're depressed. But right. you can like have mind over matter over it you can climb out of it mm. you know that's what i was asking you before about that because it's really like when the social media problem it is a problem if you subscribe to that you could go like full ingrid goes west on somebody i don't even think i subscribe like, to it I, d- I never subscribe to the numbers or the likes or no, even it, looked at it but it's what it does constantly for other people to see your life just as photos and for it to constantly be interacting with you and 
interrupting your day and all kinds of other things because I've been shut down because of cannabis and censored. I've had like so many accounts shut down. I've lost my business because I had a very successful agency that was doing work for cannabis companies. And so I just, I always knew it didn't have value, but I thought that I was still protected from, from it. And I'm now that I'm like older, I'm like, Hmm, maybe I, I definitely wasn't. Cause I said like, Oh, I don't care about this and I don't actually care, but it's still like, it's about like, like, okay. So if I want uh, to lose weight, I could say, Oh, I'm going to go get like a lemonade or I'm going to go get a water. Right. And it's just, it's not about the lemonade I just drank. Well, it's about me having the water tonight. It's about every. It's about doing the next, the next thing. Immediate living I in the moment. Just let me I can't feel bad about it. I finished it. What am I gonna do? Right. Like worrying and like wasting time on old things just like slows you down. I think so that's part of body positivity, though. That's part of what yeah. makes you happy. No, I agree. I think that it's all about like the choices and being more in the moment because our generation and the new world that we live in is just so you know, with social media, you see so much of like what everyone else has, what the future of others are, you know, and there's so much documentation of that. And it's hard to live in the moment when you're just so distracted by like what's going on with other people. And that's not something that I think other generations have really had to deal with. It was just people were more so focused on themselves and the immediate family. It's not like they had all these other distractions like, you know, social media and whatever. I mean, I really... You had a beeper. I had a sidekick, a T-Mobile sidekick. Remember that sidekick. thing that like flipped I, up? I loved it. Oh, it was so good. It's still the my keyboard. favorite phone, even though I love Why? my Did you have a MySpace? Back? Of course I had a MySpace, yes. Who was in your top eight? Who was in your top eight? Or top five, sorry. No one Who's important. Who's your idol? Like, who are your idols? Who do you look up to? Um. Or who inspires you? My mom is a big inspiration, obviously. She inspires like my my comedy, but also like my mom's like has so much empathy. Like she's just, mm. she could feel when somebody's not feeling right and like wants to like, you know, like, so she, in that realm, she really is like an inspiration. I mean, I just pref- appeared at DragCon mm. where like we kind of set up a thing and we, we see the same people all the time. It's like a little, like a low-key Burning Man vibe of like, just like seeing the same convention people and it's awesome, you know? And um, my mom wasn't there this year and people like left her presents and like didn't <gasps> come say hi. Like, you know what I mean? Cause like, she's got like this th- way about her, you know? So I really find her as an inspiration. Um, acting wise, I loved uh, uh, Jackie Gleason a lot. Um, he yelled like my family yelled, mm-hmm. and like it felt real, you know. I also, in the same way, I also loved uh, like uh, um, Roseanne. I did when I was like growing up. Like I just like you know, it felt so like honest. Like she was okay with like you know certain things. Like I thought that that was like a really cool. What thing. do you think? Do you like Roseanne now? Like, are you watching the show? Um, I actually really love the show, yeah. I mean, I don't think... I have people I love that are huge Trump supporters that annoy me with their politics all the time, but I think that the world is truly about just coexisting with whoever it is and trying to figure out if you could change a person's mind or trying to figure out if you could make your voice louder. Like, I don't think that, you know, that would stop me from watching Roseanne and Aunt Jackie, like, in some kind of wacky situation. I'm I'm, like, into it. Yeah. I watch a bunch of the episodes. They have a gender creative child on there, which I think is really awesome. You know, there's like they're always uh, like doing something like that. So I do like that, and I do still like her. Um, but I really also like um, uh, a lot of people who aren't around anymore. Um, um, I love Jim Henson. Mm. I love um, Salvador Dali. Oh yes. Uh, um, I love John Waters. I love David Sedaris. Mm. I love Carol Burnett. Mm. Um, I love Zero Mostel. Mm. I love uh, Phil Silvers is like one of my all-time favorite old. Uh, funny people um, what uh, comedians do you, uh, inspire you um, I like people that do stuff that I haven't that I, I don't do like I love Cat Williams like I laugh my ass off mm-hmm. when I watch Cat Williams like, I love Cat Williams yeah he just really cracks me up He's the, <laughs> like, it's just too funny yeah you know I have um, I just what I do you know. mean you would be an amazing Cat Williams <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> He does. You guys flip acts. Yeah, right. Probably. <laughs> that would be so funny. I know, and I also would love to. Do, I like to do things with people that are completely like. I'd love having a political comic, like on my on my like lineup. You know what I mean? Because I always feel like 
that's what they get off art. You know what I mean? And people can get their frustration out there. Then this one right. You don't want all of the I same love stuff. Musical act and the thing. Yeah, I love mixing it around. I love variety. Mm. I love all of that kind of stuff. That's what our, my show is at Flappers. Is like we just. Um, oh yeah. What's your uh? What's your? It's a month. Is it monthly? Yeah. It's as long as it has the word amazing in it. It's the same show because I'm always doing like. My amazing friends, or like right, right, right. I've seen the flyers. Or, yeah, yeah. So the amazing is like the joke, but right. it's like always something. Because everything, because that's your joke. It's everything's amazing. I feel like my friend Harvey did your show. Yeah, Harvey did my show. I'm going to dinner with him tonight. Oh, he's awesome! I old, love Harvey. He's an old. He's an old friend. Is he a hey, comic? Mister, she's my sister. That's so crazy. There's so your world. show at Flappers is where people can find you. Where else can people find you? I'm on tour right now. My yes, you're amazing tour. So yeah. And can you tell everyone your social media handles? Yeah, you can actually. It's whatsupdanny.com, whatsupdanny at Twitter, whatsupdanny at Instagram, whatsupdanny at Tumblr, whatsupdanny at Snapchat, and I'm verified on Facebook. Oh! He added the. <laughs> the oh, Meow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, thank you so much for coming on the bud and, you know, just. It was rich. Well, we're buds. Yeah, you're we're like buds now. Very Dopra esque. Wow. You were giving me a you lot dope. of inspiration and really good. Part of being a part of Mean Girls, I'm sure, is that it's such a huge part of your life. But I feel like you're just such an incredible performer and talent and person. And you're really an icon. And it's it's really, um, we're honored yeah. that you would give us your time and come into the Kush Queen you know, layer. So thank you he's, very much. He's an icon and a high con. Those are high icons. I mean, shit, the best psychedelic scene. Listen, three times real. up at the Stony Awards. <laughs> right? Oh three my times. You again. I there a lot and I was able to make it up there and actually be funny and do good things for them. Okay, good. So I still support You redeemed yourself. We do yeah. too. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in as always. Marijuana, we love you. Thank you for making us sound so amazing. And Wolfie. Amazing. Um... Stay wolfy. Yeah, I will. You can download and stream The Bud on iTunes, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram at It's The Bud, B-U-D-D. Thanks for listening, and drop us a rate and review. 